to episode 195 of Brutal Battle. Yes, uh, yet another new voice to the podcast. This is a guy that I've actually known for a little bit. You know, we've interacted on the social medias, as well as I went over to his house once to try some homebrew, and we did talk about it on one of the podcast episodes and how tasty it was. So we'll get into that a little bit, but this is Jason Evans. Hello. So, Jason, like we like to do right off the bat, let's talk about how did you get into craft beer initially? What was your, like, what's your thing? What's your craft beer thing? Well, in college, I would say this was in the mid-90s when I was first in college. I was always into tasty beer, Mm -hmm. uh, but that didn't mean I didn't drink the cheap stuff. Right. But... I would say some of my go-tos back then were, I don't know if you remember, Honey Brown. Oh, yeah, of course. Honey Brown, Newcastle. Um, we yep. we did a lot of Guinness half and half yep, type yep. thing. IPAs weren't really my thing, uh, but I can say my first legal beer was consumed at the original Dewclaw oh, nice. uh, location. Nice, nice. That's a cool story. Um, so I... Kind of, I never was super into beer then, but then I, as I got older, I kind of wanted to taste things more. Yeah, <laughs> I makes would, sense. I would, I remember like about 10, 15 years ago, I would just drive, pick up a random six pack of IPA from Wine World. Then I would just taste that. And it really started to hit home for me when Growlers came around here. Nice. And that's when I kind of really started to get into it because you could get beers that weren't packaged and beers that weren't distributed too often and special beers. And it just kind of started to become a more of a thing for me. Yeah, because typically what they're doing at the liquor stores around here with growler fills is it's it's usually kegs of stuff that they're, they're not canning or bottling or Maybe they do, but it's just not making it out this way. Absolutely. Um, also, the other good thing about that is they'll typically let you have a little taste before you want to get it. So there's always that. That is true. You can buy something that you know that you have a higher chance of enjoying. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, so that sounds like that's, that's a good beginning for you. It sounds like our beginnings are very similar in craft beer. I, too, was the college person who's like, I want to drink something that's like decent, Obviously, my first introduction was, like, natural light and mm-hmm. keystone light and garbage like that. And then moved over to, like, I remember drinking, like, um, Franciscaner and Hogarden okay. and stuff. And then, like, Killian's yeah, and Bass. Yeah, absolutely. All that kind of stuff. Obviously, Honey Brown as well yeah. we did that. So it sounds like uh, we're similar in that way. Yeah. But where we're not very similar is you, you actually homebrew. I homebrewed once <laughs> and then quit. Yeah. It, but you keep it going. I, I try. It's... I, this is my, I guess it's been about three years now that I since I've homebrew. So when I started brewing, I dove right in, all grain right away. And the first batch, the brew session was quite a disaster. First, I borrowed a turkey turkey uh, fry pot from a friend that he said, "Yeah, you can <laughs> borrow it, but it's full of still full of oil from three oh, years nice. ago." <laughs> Well, some brewers may have gone with that. Yeah. Just incorporate that grease flavor. It was bad. So I had to <laughs> spend like a good couple hours scrubbing it, cleaning it. Then the brew session went, it was going okay. I remember 
dipping a, I had to pull a sample out, but uh, it didn't have a spout to, to drain into a, my thing to check the gravity mm-hmm. and dipped a pot in, like dipped a uh, pitcher in there to pull some out and stupid. Uh, it, the pot just, the, uh, the pitcher just shattered in the garage, glass <laughs> everywhere. So I'm trying to pour beer, like pour this boiling beer I step on it. And I'm bleeding. It was it was bad, but honestly, the beer was quite delicious. It was uh, it, it was a uh, clone of um, Kern River Citra. Oh, okay, and I just saw the recipe. I'm like that sounds good to me, so yeah. I just went with it. And it turned out delicious. So all that terribleness in the process, and you still went back to it. I I can't. I have to dominate uh, a task. Okay. If if, if it if it tries to do better than me, then I, I come back full force. That makes sense. So I have to go all in. I have to figure it out. That's just my nature. I've always been that way. and um, That's good. Yeah, that's what it is. Unlike me, who was like, <laughs> God, this is a lot of sanitizing. It I, is. It, it I is. quit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you were like literally bleeding from yeah, it. Yeah, I was. And, and you went back. I did. I did. Makes me Sec- look bad. <laughs> second session was better. Um, and I, all the... You know, I've had ups and downs, but it's all about figuring out your process and your own equipment. And I think I've dialed things in pretty well where, you know, the the brew days aren't as, as, as bad as they used to be, aren't as brutal. And can get cleaned up without any mishaps before Good. the evening. And things are bubbling away within a couple hours. Have there been any more injuries while brewing since? I don't think. <laughs> Nothing Good. major. I'm glad. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So you you're you kind of created your own brewery name yeah, for your home brewery. I did, I did. I came up it wasn't me actually, it was a, a family joke. Um I got remarried and my wife and I each brought a kid into the mix and my stepdaughter at the time I'd say was like around 6 when we got married. My son was like 9. Mm-hmm. And it was a time when they got along really well. Now they no, not so much anymore. They still get along, but they they like to push each other's buttons. But yeah. then in the morning when we'd all wake up, we were all in the same house, and they would both come into our bed, and we would all be sharing a bed, watching TV. And my son Drew would say, "Charlie, your your hair smells like bread," and it just became a joke. And I was telling my wife, I'd, I'd like to come up with a name. I'd like to. Kind of make it seem semi-official. And mm-hmm. uh, she's like, oh, breadhead. I'm like, that is brilliant. I love it. And that's where that's where it came from. Well, I didn't think it would have any sort of backstory like that. I thought it <laughs> probably just had to do with, like, you making some beers that had, like, a bready quality to it. Yeah. So it fits with the actual beer. It does. It was, it kind of really, it was a home run for me. I love nice. it. Yeah. So you brought three for I did. us to, to try out. So let's let's go ahead and try them. Let's do it. So I will use the disclaimer. Two of these beers are semi-brewed by me. So okay. these are two beers from the Wart Challenge that oh, Independent okay. does. So yes. in Bel Air, Independent Brewing Company, uh, I'd say maybe two, three times a year, they do a Wart Challenge where you, you pay a reasonable amount of money, you get five gallons of Wart, and... They try and make a theme of it, so I know this, at least one of these, was uh, last year's holiday theme. So it was just a, a holiday 
something that means holidays to you. Okay. Um, Your own interpretation. Yeah, my own interpretation. And then one was a, I think it's, it might, it's one of the wart challenges. Uh, I bought 10 gallons and did several excursions. And this was a gallon batch of an apricot sour. Oh, <laughs> Sounds well, good. it's been in the bottle for a while. It's been refrigerated. I can't vouch for this right now. We're okay. going to see how it goes. That's fine. And then finally, this is my latest um, Haze Craze IPA, uh, <laughs> nice. Hawaiian Shirt Day. Uh, so oh, that nice. one, that one's drinking pretty good. So, and you actually yeah. have a printed label. Yeah, for that, that was a gift from my wife. It That's was cool. uh, maybe Father's Day that first year I started brewing. Nice. Uh, she got some made and put on put them on some bottles I had in the fridge. Cool. Um, some of them have. Have stuck around. Some of them fell off. Well, let's start wherever you would like. Yeah, let's. Um, honestly, I think we should start with the with the IPA. Okay. Um, sure. I think that would be a good place to start because these these flavors are a little bit more a bit stronger. Yeah. So this would be a good place to warm up. So I will note for the interest of listeners that this is about. You know, 9 o'clock. It's actually uh, 9.36 a.m. on a Sunday, which is, this is officially the earliest I've ever consumed beer for the podcast. It's tough for me. I, I apologize for my schedule. No, no. My, it's actually fine. My son is in so many sports, and um, its schedule is really, really tough. Yeah, that's what happens. One of the reasons I don't have children, just because obligations, you know. Yeah, it, it's a lot of work. It just pour me a little. Especially with hobbies. That's cool. All right. So, like I said, it's it's hard to keep up with your hobbies when you got life going on. This one you said was Hawaiian Shirt? Hawaiian Shirt Day. Hawaiian Shirt Day. Got it. Which is, is that a reference to, like, office it casual? Is. It is. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I was thinking, and I can explain the beer, so I was kind of doing a little experimentation with this one. I brewed a, it's a same malt bill as I brewed last year for a beer called Netflix and Chill. and Good name as well. Yeah. So this one is heavily dry hopped with multiple editions of Galaxy Citra and Simcoe, which... I can smell that. It's, it's crazy. It, so far, it's been a great combination. I like the two new school hops, mm-hmm. and then I like throwing in uh, an older school hop to kind of give it a little more complexity in this in the yeah. aroma and then with this one i did a mixed yeast fermentation of like two parts london ale three and then one part half of ice and yeast mm-hmm. and i my goal was to ferment it at a constant temp that could bring out some banana notes from the the half of ice and yeast interesting and then i steeped it with a couple ounces of toasted coconut in the keg. Oh, wow. So, you know, I had, it was, I was trying to think of like a, a cocktail, like a, like a island cocktail type beer. And the coconut has, has definitely died out a bit. Yeah. You, know, you don't get much of that anymore. Yeah, I don't get, I, I couldn't pick it yeah. up actually. I'm actually sipping it a little bit, but it was, uh, it, it was heavy at first and mm. it did die out. Um, the beer, the beer's still drinking really well. No, it is the. I will say the aroma is like intoxicating yeah. from from the standpoint of someone who loves like a citrus forward, you know, hoppy nose. Mm-hmm. It's like exactly what I want in my IPAs. It smells like crazy juicy. 
And the flavor's really nice, too. Yeah. I mean, you get a lot of the same. Heavy notes. oats, heavy heavy wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's t- it, it coming off a bit uh, astringent on, with the booze note that I'm getting on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still, it's still, it's not my best, but it turned out nice. No, it is nice. Um, there is more bitterness than I would assume from this style. Yeah. But... I'm fine with that, yeah. just because I don't mind bitterness in my IPAs whatsoever. I, um, but I get a lot of like grapefruit out mm-hmm. of this, which is nice. I get some of that kind of pineapple that you typically get out yeah. of Galaxy Hops. Um, it's really like fruity, juicy, tasty. I mean, yeah, you could. I you know I'm not saying this to to flatter you or anything, but you could pass this off as like a regularly produced beer, I, like I, some I, brewery. I appreciate that. That's for sure. That's what I'm trying to—that's my goal—is to. Do you want to open a brewery eventually, uh, or just no. work, maybe brew on the weekend I, somewhere I, or something? You know, the thought always when you home brew, the thought always pops in your head because you see, sure, you see the great success stories. But you know, talking to Phil at Independent, yeah. and it's a lot of work. In you, oh, it you, is. You put work in from the moment you try and start getting a liquor license, which yeah. he laid a lot of groundwork in the county. And honestly, I like, I'm a tech guy. I like my job. I work at, for uh, Aberdeen Proving Ground. i happy working my job and then doing this on the side. I, yeah. I kind of think, you know, if you, if you go the business route, it might take some of the... A lot of the, the joy out the, of it. Yeah, the, the magic. That's how I feel about the podcast, actually. There have been people who are like, why don't you try and make the podcast into, like, you can make money on it. You can, like, try and really grow it, like, work your PR angle, and then you can maybe get people to buy ads and blah. And I thought about that for a little bit, but then I was like, I just like this as a hobby. Yeah. You know, I feel like if I start becoming beholden to other people because they're giving me money, Mm -hmm. that I can't do exactly what I want to do. And that's what I want the podcast to be. Just like, it sounds like... That's exactly what you want to do with your homebrewing. You yeah. want to make what you want to make. Absolutely. Like, you're not beholden to the craft beer market. You're not beholden to, you know, an owner of a brewery. You just are beholden to your own taste buds, Absolutely. really. Which is perfect. With that said, I think it would be fun if I could do something with a brewery. Like, like a collab. If they, if yeah. yeah, if they were ever open to that. And I know the new... Where I get homebrew supplies, Alecraft now is opening a brewery in yeah, Bel Air. They are doing smaller batches, uh, so maybe something like that could happen in the future somewhere. This um, this beer is really nice. Thank you, especially as I keep sipping it because it's warming up a yeah. little bit, which obviously makes it even more citrusy. But yeah. this is uh, this is probably a good in the morning beer because because it's, <laughs> it's close to orange juice when it comes to beer. Absolutely. <laughs> For me personally, the Northeast IPAs, if if you're not doing it with citrus hops, I just really it falls flat for me. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird to me when it's like a New England style IPA and then it's floral. Well, it's like pine. Yeah, like, it doesn't yeah. work for me. I'm not saying that some people don't like that, but it. And I know it's difficult for a lot of. Um, breweries to get the good hops i know they're expensive yeah, i know they're hard to true. get even from a homebrew perspective they're the local shop has trouble getting the galaxy consistently yeah. they have at least six different sources so it is tough to get it it's expensive i mean it, if this didn't turn out you know it's like a batch is almost 100 bucks for five gallons yeah. to brew so i mean much. so if that if it 
taste bad, that's really, that's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think <clears throat> that's actually one of the other things that, that kept me away from homebrewing is yeah. I did my first batch and I was just like, I don't really want to drink all this. Yeah. And I was like, if I keep going this way, you know, yeah, I can improve, but how long before I improve? And then I have all this beer that I don't want to drink. Exactly. I give yeah. a lot away. Uh, I kind of, I, I joined, you know, there's a lot of beer groups mm-hmm. on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I post my homebrew and people have come to the house for a fill and I, I do these um, swing top Grolsch bottles. Nice. And I give those out and then people bring them back. So, you know, I can have a beer ready for someone to pick up real quick and doesn't have to be a 32 ounce because that would blow the keg super quick if I gave those out. But I I want it to last a little bit, but I don't want to drink it all myself. It's just too much. Yeah. I hear you on that. Um, and that, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up that I think is fun and cool is that I've seen you posting on Facebook, just like, Hey, I've got this batch of beer that I kegged, Anyone wants to stop by, you can try it. You can go home with a, you know, like a mini growler, like Grosch bottle mm-hmm. swing top of it. Um, and I think that's really cool. There's actually, I should have looked it up ahead of time, but there was some guy, I think, in California. Who's okay. Pretty well known for, he set up like a, a personal bar in his basement. Okay. And it's kind of like separate from the house. Mm-hmm. So, so there's like a side entrance and he just like throws it out there to people in the craft beer, like, Whenever you want, let me know, and you can stop by my house, come into the basement area, okay. sit up at the bar, and I will pour you. And I think he usually has, like, five taps of That's stuff awesome. he homebrew. That's awesome. And he just, he doesn't take money or anything. Oh, well, like, yeah, he can't. And I mean, he just serves people whatever yeah. they want just for the satisfaction of it, which is super cool. And that... When I saw you posting stuff, it kind of yeah. reminded me of that. I kind of... That's what my garage is turning into. Nice. I... Haven't had a garage parking spot basically <laughs> ever. I gave that up for for my toys. Nice. So in there, I have my fermentation chamber, uh, my brewing stand, and right now I have just a two tap uh, kegerator that I cool. modified from a fridge. But I'm going to be building a new or three tap one in nice. the near future. Uh, I just have all the stuff for it. I just need to make the time, yeah. and yeah. I welcome people to come by, open the garage door, and come have have some tastes. Yeah. So probably the best way to do that, then, people, if you're on Facebook and you're kind of local-ish to Harford County, Maryland area, um, look up Breadhead Brewing. It has its own page on Facebook. Yes, it does. Follow that, and then I assume Jason will probably post something on there and say, hey, if you're in the area, let me know. You can come by, try some beer or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a funny story, actually. I created that page and I put my number on there and I got a random cold call from someone asking my hours. They, they thought I was like a legit brewery. I'm like, ah, no, nah, it's my garage, man, but I'll let you know when I have something. It's probably one of those tickers <laughs> like me. who's just like, I want to try as many beers as yeah. possible. Oh, I see. This is, this is the new brewery. Yeah. Got to get in there. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's funny. Um, I like I love what you're doing. Let's uh, let's go ahead and save the the other two beers for the next episode. That sounds good to me. And we'll do those in the beginning. Sure. Um, excited to get to those. Two. Yeah, that's really tasty. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, it turns out nice. Uh, yeah. It's. I mean, I've homebrewing has helped me appreciate all the styles and the the difficulties in making all the styles and yeah. the Northeast IPA. It they're not that hard to make. 
they don't obviously aren't very shelf stable. They're yeah. hard to distribute for for companies. That's why you see people the can getting releases a, getting them out of the can releases, and that's great. Uh, but really, home brewing has helped me appreciate some of the more common styles that are forgotten, like how hard it is to brew a pilsner. Yep. I mean, it's that's just crazy hard to do one that tastes clean and you have no no real hot presence to hide behind. Yep. So I I kind of, you know, I see people, and I love getting the good releases, I do, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with you. Um, have you tried doing a Pilsner before? I did, and How I did. It, it turned out delicious. Good. Um, that was awesome. that was when I first built my fermentation chamber. I use a Raspberry Pi and some software called Brew Pi, mm-hmm. where you can connect to it from the web and control the temperatures, nice. and um, it was delicious. I'm hoping Good. to brew it very soon. Cool. Yeah, nice. So you have a refrigerated area to, for fermentation? It's a freezer that I have a separate box that controls cycling on the compressor or a heater that's inside. Okay. And now I have a, have a fermentation um, container that has a dip tube in it. So I drop a temperature sensor down in there right. and it can read the temperature of the, of the liquid Cool. and cycle compressor the heater on as need be they have special algorithms in there to keep it at a constant temperature and yeah it's that's what i'm I'm doing with the current work challenge beer i picked up five gallons like maybe two weeks ago from independent and i'm doing right now it's fermenting with um britannomyces oh yes such a fan so my plan is to brew this one let let the Brett go, and then I'm going to add some fruit. Oh. Um, thinking, I was thinking figs. Um, hmm. Never done anything with those. Or peaches are always good to me. <sighs> peaches are great with with like a funky yeah. bread. Yo, yeah. So I, I'm not sure exactly what fruit. It's it's kind of stinks now. There's no farmers market to get local stuff. Yeah. And, but and I don't want to use the purees for this one. So yeah. I'm going to get something from the grocery store, and then I'm going to add some. Bell Saison yeast to finish it off, and we'll see how it goes. Cool. Maybe go crazy exotic and get like some dragon fruit or Maybe. something. Maybe. Who I, knows? I, yeah. With the funky beers, I like I like fruit in them. Um, so I've never really done this too much. So we'll see how it goes. I, I'm excited cool. for it. Awesome. I'm excited to hear what you're yeah what you're making. Um. All right. Uh. Let's uh. Let's. We're gonna save the other two beers for the next episode. Yep. And let's go to the mystery beers Sounds for this good episode. To me. So we're doing it left to right. Um, okay. I just do it based off of how people read. Is, okay. That's the way I think of it. In the United States, how mm-hmm, people read. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not the same everywhere. No. All right. So the first one, beer A, is uh orangey. Definitely. A little yellowish tinge, but pretty orange. Really clear. Clear. Yeah. Really clear. Really clear. Some stuff. Maybe some floaties. I don't know what that could be. We'll see. Yeah. Slight, slight. Smell it. Well, you were talking about fruit. Yeah. Definitely getting something. Fruity. I feel like maybe it's psychosomatic, but I feel like I'm smelling peach in there. Maybe. Maybe. It smells a little... 
Actually, it smells kind of like a combination of, like, peach and raspberry. Yeah, I'm getting that, too. Definitely a little raspberry. Like a peach raspberry fruit roll-up type deal. Because it's kind of sugary on the end of the mm -hmm. nose as well. Yeah. There's a little bit of a hay note that carries through the whole thing for yeah. me. A little floral. I'm getting a little bit of a floral scent to this. Yep. Definitely. Huh. This smells nice. Nice. It smells fun. I I really don't know how this is going to go over taste wise. Though. Yeah, like it smells so interesting, but I don't know if you you don't know if don't you want know. those things in your mouth. Yeah. Well, let's find out. Mm, I don't know. Do I just do I hate it? No. It's a little weird to me. I agree. I mean, I'm, to me, the base seems maybe like a Kolsch-type base. Mm -hmm. I would totally agree with that because it seems like there's like a honey, there's yeah. a little bit of hay, and it's kind of like a clean finish. Yeah. But whatever that fruitiness is, I mean, it does come off as like a raspberry mixed with like peach and apricot, maybe, both of those. Yeah. Sometimes I get a little apple in the aroma, too. Yeah, I could actually taste a little bit of apple now that you say that. Definitely dry. It's like drying yeah. my palate out. Yeah, it's really dry. Mm. I don't... Yeah, I don't hate this beer. I don't particularly care for it either. Yeah, I th kinda, I'd say yeah. I'm in the same boat. I, I wouldn't be dissatisfied if someone handed this to me at a party, and that's kind of yeah. one of my gauges. I'd be happy to drink it. It's definitely something that seems more of a warm weather beer. Yeah. Uh, more of a lawnmower type beer. Sure. I, I Picking up seems pretty low on alcohol. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's semi-refreshing. Um, it's hard to tell. I feel like the sweetness from whatever the fruit is is yeah. a little too much for me based off the, the body of the beer and the underlying flavor of the beer. Yeah. Um, I just would like that sweetness dial back a little bit. Like, maybe more of a hint of those fruit notes. Yeah, it kind of makes me crave a straight Kolsch, I'll be honest with you. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm 100% agreeing with you on yeah. that one. I, I feel like I have had this before. It's on the tip of my tongue. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like I probably have not had it. It's tasting but, familiar, but we'll see. Right. So, uh, let's look at B. B looks very hazy. It's like a brownish orange, actually. Yeah. Um can't see through it or anything. It's got like no head it's to it. Got some cloud. I'm seeing some cloudiness. Yeah, quite. Let's smell it. Oh, it smells Ooh, like. Oh, that's sour. Smells like an oud brune to yeah. me, or Flanders brown, or yes, it does. Kind of reminds me of like. Um, well, usually when I think of like a sour brown, I think of La Folie. Yeah. By uh, New Belgium. It's been a long time since La Folie, but. Um, I feel like it could smell like Lafoli. Lots of lemony yes. tartness up front. A lot of times with like an oud brune, I get like a little bit of a cola smell. Okay, to it. okay. But yeah, I feel like I get it like slightly in this one, but not nearly as much as yeah. I usually do with brown sours. I'm trying to see if I can get anything other than mainly sour. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, I, I'm not picking up any fruit. Yeah, no. I mean, it 
it's got a slight bit of like a. It's obviously got the kind of that vinegar quality to yeah, it. Yeah, some acetic acid. Yeah, a little bit of like a <clears throat> um, nail polish remover. Note yeah, it's as well. it's it definitely hits the hits the nose a little little harsh. Digs in really hard. You know, some people would smell this and be like, "Oh, that's that's for me." Yeah, we'll I, see. I, I I'm not saying it's not. I'm just need to dive in. Yeah, this one's probably going to need a few sips for me. Ah. That's an assault on my tongue. <laughs> yeah, that's... I'm glad we started off the other one first. So sour. <laughs> yeah, this is a sour one. That's crazy sour. When the that sourness first hit my tongue, I kind of thought about the flavor I get from those, like, sour patch watermelon. Absolutely. Like the sour watermelon ones. Yeah, or like a like a sweet tart, yeah, type candy, but even sour, more sour than that. It's like so. Yeah, this is like a warhead. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically, way more like a warhead. Yeah, so much lemon to it, and it starts coming down after you take a few snips. I actually do taste a little bit of an apple. Yeah, to the beer. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm getting much else. I just yeah, feel like it's, it's lemony sour and like a little bit of apple yeah. to it. I'm not getting a lot of. I mean, I'm not a sour beer expert by any means. I do enjoy them. I would say this one is. I'm not as enjoying as much as some I had. Yeah. Um. It's doesn't taste. I don't taste the complexities. Yeah, me neither. That, that I that I looking for. When I'm having a sour beer. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. Sometimes with <laughs> with sour beers, typically with the ones that are spontaneous fermentation, you're getting more more layers to the sour. It's not Absolutely. just sour. It's like sour with a little bit of funkiness. And, you know, this is just like sour. Yeah. Um, it's like acetic acid was dumped in yeah. to a regular beer is yeah. kind of what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um... I don't hate it. I'm actually starting to pick up a little apricot. Okay. I can, I, I can sense that. Yeah. Get a little bit of apricot. There is like a tad bit of that kind of cola note that I said I yeah. was getting in the nose. But, um... Yeah. I'm yeah. Not, it's not... It's not bad. I think I'm... Kind of... Yeah. On both these beers. Yeah. I would, I would agree <laughs> 100%. Not bad. Not... Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> I'll go ahead and go first on okay. the reading. I'm gonna give. Well, let me let me try the yeah. first one. It's gonna taste a little different now. Oh, it's definitely gonna. Ugh, tastes even worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lot more of that hay coming through. Yeah, and honey, and a lot less of the fruit. Like actually, I can't really even perceive fruit out of that. Yeah, I mean, it smelled a little bit of it going in, but nah, you don't taste it as much now that that sour's destroyed your palate a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'm going to give A a two. Okay. And I'm going to give B a three. Okay. Uh, B, beer B is, it's not bad. I'm yeah. okay with it, especially as I keep drinking it. And I started to get those apricot notes. Like okay. that's what really saved it for me. Um, for my rating, I think I'm going to actually go the same, but reversed. Okay. I'm going to give the first beer a three and then I'm going to give the sour beer a two. That works. Uh, both I... I mean, actually, the more I drink the sour, it just comes off a little one-noted to me. Yeah. I, you, you first, you, you smell the, the 
the sourness hits your nose and you taste it and there's only one flavor to it to me. Yeah. And then it kind of just is fleeting. So I get you. Um, I think it's, so obviously these, these ended up at a tie with an overall 2.5 each. I think it's pretty fitting because they, based on how we were doing the tasting, it just kind of seemed like they were both hitting the same way. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm. All right. So we'll just go A, B and see what these are. And there's a mixture of each one. I can't wait. So beer A overall 2.5 is... New Holland Brewing Lost Dune. It's okay. a golden ale with blueberries and coriander. That's weird. Yeah, I mean we That's we picked up some fruit. We we didn't narrow it down. Yeah. And honestly, I I never had that beer. I don't think I've ever seen that beer on a shelf. I have I've never seen this beer. Uh, five point five percent alcohol. Uh, they have pairing pairings that they say on the back. They say pair it with salmon, pork, basil. Mint and fruit crisps a la mode. Sure, sounds good to me. I'll take all of those <laughs> if someone else is making it for me. Yeah, um, they said it's refreshing and aromatic golden ale, tropical notes of mosaic hops, and bright citrus of coriander complement the rounding smoothness of blueberries from Michigan's dune laden West Coast. Hmm. Okay, well that was that was an interesting ride for that beer. I, yeah, I, honestly, uh, this beer is in a bottle. I I. Would have pegged this for a can beer, hmm. not in a bad way. Just when I'm thinking of a lighter beer, something that I might enjoy in the hot weather. Weather, I just I'm thinking of cracking that can. I see the blueberries now. Do you? I definitely like now that I know what it is. Yeah. I see the blueberries. I'm actually never, never impressed with blueberries in beer. Pretty much, it's yeah. That's a that's an interesting flavor. Um, I can't say that I would want to brew one with blueberries. I like blueberries yeah. on their own, but. Mm-hmm. In a beer, I don't know. Yeah. I love blueberries. I love straight up blueberries. But it's one of those where, like, anytime I hear about a beer with blueberry, I always think, oh, yeah, that'll be good because I love blueberries. And then every time I have it, I'm just like, nah, this doesn't actually go very well. So, yeah. Let's find out what B is. Also, overall, 2.5. Oh. (laughs) Goose Island's Juliet. All right. Interesting. That okay. is interesting. Never, I don't think I've ever had this beer. I have definitely not. Uh, this is their 2017 release. It is Belgian style wild ale, they call it. And what do they put in the Juliet? No info? No. Okay. I guess we want to keep this one a secret. I'm actually just going to look it up on my phone. So I've had, what have I had? I've had their Sophie, and I think Matilda? I've Matilda? Maybe I've had Matilda. Or maybe I did have Juliet before. Okay. I can't remember. But, I mean, obviously this isn't anything I typically... Well, they, the bottle buy. has a fruit on the in the picture. It looks like raspberries or blackberries. Okay. You see the little... Yeah. I mean, looks you like, think, of, think it's yeah. a hop cone, but it looks... kind of looks like blackberries yeah. to me. I'm going to try and get a... Um, pull something up that, that says what it is. Uh, I'm gonna look at rape beer. Rape beer should tell me, I think. Okay, so it's fermented with wild yeast and aged in Cabernet barrels with okay. bla- with blackberries. Okay. So it says uh, it's tart, fruity, complex ale, notes of wood, tannin, dark fruit, and spice. Okay. Uh, apparently, this is something highly recommended for Pinot Noir enthusiasts. Hmm. I'm sure. Well, <laughs> none of those are. 
any Flanders references that we were getting. Yeah, it, <laughs> but... Hmm. I'm sorry, but it still comes off like, like yeah. a sour brown I agree. to me. Maybe it totally does. Maybe that's just how the fruit um, comes off in the aroma with the sourness. Yeah, and I see I see where the blackberry is now because when you get those blackberries that are like super tart, mm-hmm. like I understand where that flavor is coming from. And I see where that like the wood and and the cabernet sauvignon yeah, maybe like more of an un, more of an unripened blackberry sure yeah definitely but, i mean i'm i'm not to hate on goose island their barrel program is there it's really good uh, yeah. but this sure. this just wasn't great to me i yeah. you know just didn't hit me good well and i don't i don't know if it has to do with increase in production um people not liking abm bev yeah. or People not liking the, the beers necessarily, but I find that they're what they call sour sisters mm-hmm. are just hanging out on shelves. Oh yeah, they're just for sitting. a long time. Some of the larger format bottles are pretty pricey too. Yeah, well, uh, and that's that's probably another yeah. component of it. So, okay, well, I mean, I'm glad I tried it. Yeah, I would never I'd... buy it on my own just because I don't purchase AB and Bev products intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but Rebecca for the show, she'll get us oh, yes. all sorts. Happy of stuff, to try so. it. Yeah, no, happy definitely. to try it. Cool. Well, this was uh, fun, and everyone stick around for Jason on the second episode where we'll try his Wart Challenge beers, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about the Wart Challenge in general. Yeah, sounds good to me. It's interesting. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening, and until next time, keep it brutal. This has been a Nerd Circle podcast production. 